What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. We're going to be talking about the NCAA tournament. It was an awesome first weekend. I had a blast covering games in Denver on Friday and Sunday. Going to give a few takeaways from those matchups, talk about some of the star performers, and then I'm also going to give some thoughts just on the first weekend as a whole. Really chaotic, but really fun. I think we got a little bit of everything that we love about this tournament. The parody in college basketball is phenomenal right now, which makes it unpredictable, probably screwed a lot of our brackets. But when you look at the talent of some of these, you know, three to seven seeds, it's easy to understand why some of this chaos is happening. Creighton's a six seed. They look good enough to win it all. San Diego State, they put on a phenomenal show, albeit against Furman. Obviously, Bama is going to be a completely different beast. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I truly think that this is the most exciting sporting event that there is. I think it's the most fun because legitimately anybody has a chance, now so more than ever. We've had multiple 16-1 upsets. We've had a couple of 15 seeds make deep runs into the tournament. And they haven't been fluky performances either. St. Peter's, I was there in person when they upset Kentucky last year. Those were some big-time shots. And that run to the Elite Eight, they beat some legitimate teams. Princeton, they look awesome right now. I don't know if they're going to be able to get through Creighton. They look like a wagon. But there's just something to be said about hope and the possibility of making a run for anybody. It truly is wide open. And as much as I love pro sports, I I love them. It's not the same environment as great college athletics. It's just not. The emotional response isn't quite the same. The passion, the community of it all. It just means more to the fans, and it means more to the players. I'm not saying that guys in the NBA don't care or that they're not competitive, but when you see guys like Drew Timmy and Mike Miles Jr., even LJ Cryer of Baylor, who had a great game and a loss, just giving their all and just seeing how much it means to these guys to compete for an opportunity at a national championship, it gives me goosebumps. I mean, it really is special. And even the supporters, the people in the stands, just seeing how much it means to them. As far as emotion goes, I think college athletics are the closest thing we have in the U.S. to comparing to what like a European soccer club means to a a small town or, you know, even the, the big teams. Kind of butchered that, but it's about more than just sports. It's about community and what the team represents. It's us versus you. And when it's your team on the biggest stage, I mean, there's nothing better than that. We're coming up on the 10-year anniversary of CSU's win over Missouri in the NCAA tournament, and it's still one of my favorite sporting memories. I've talked about it on this podcast before, but those CSU basketball teams in 2012-2013 that run under Tim Miles and then year one under Eustacey, that basically solidified me wanting to go to CSU. I was a junior and senior in high school at the time. Probably would have ended up at CSU regardless. I'd been a Ram guy my whole life. My dad's an alum. But just seeing that atmosphere in Moby Arena and then that run in the NCAA tournament and wanting to experience that as a student, as a fan, that was a big selling point for me. And unfortunately, when I got to CSU, they didn't quite sustain that success. And, 
you know, they, they did get snubbed, obviously, that one year, but they did not make the NCAA tournament. And that was a bummer. But getting to experience the tournament last year covering CSU and then this year just with the games in Denver, it's legitimately a childhood dream come true. I just, I love college basketball. I love college football as well. But there's just something about the NCAA tournament that hits a little bit different. And I, I really hope we see CSU back on that stage again. Just making the tournament is an awesome accomplishment, but could you imagine if they made a run like San Diego State to the Sweet 16 or, I mean, if we're getting really crazy beyond? I was laughing over the weekend because my colleague from CHGO, Herb Lawrence, he does a great job covering the White Sox. He tweeted, NCAA fans, would you take for your favorite team what the Virginia Cavalier fans have had the last couple of seasons? Win a national championship, but three heartbreaking losses to lesser seeds in the tournament. He says he certainly would for the Illini. Now, obviously, it's different standards, Big Ten versus Mountain West. Same goes for the ACC with Virginia. But I was just laughing to myself because I had the sick realization of the amount of torment I would willingly sign up for if I knew that it would bring a national championship for uh, my team for CSU. Cut off a couple of fingers without a doubt. Maybe even take a whole hand. I mean, as long as I can have my dominant one, you could take the left one. On a less morbid side, 10 years of losing or something like that, I would absolutely sign up for. I go really far. That's my point. And it's because I'm a sicko and it's because I'm passionate about college basketball. And so are all the people in attendance and ball arena. It was an amazing experience. I love this tournament so much. Looking forward to getting into some of the takeaways. But more than anything, just getting to be there in person was legitimately, you know, a bucket list type event. Now, one of these days, I just got to get to a final four. Before we move on and we talk about some takeaways from these Denver games, as well as the first weekend as a whole, I did want to say thank you to Amy Lawrence of CBS Late Night Radio. Was just on the show with her for about 15, maybe even close to 20 minutes. It was a while breaking down this Denver pod, talking about the tournament. I got kind of sappy like I did in this intro, just with how much I love March Madness. But it was really cool to go on her show for the first time, and I appreciated the invite. Always love an opportunity to talk about these games on a national level. But yeah, let's move on. Real quick, now is a great time to sign up with our presenting sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it, sign up with the code DNVR. The action is unlimited, and I mean that sincerely. Sometimes I get lost for 30 minutes just scrolling, looking at all of the different things you can bet on, whether it's the MLB. It's a great time to get those preseason bets in, get your futures in now, March Madness, the NHL, the NBA. I mean, you can place a no-sweat SGP up to $10. What that is is a same-game parlay. The more legs you add, the bigger your odds are going to be. And if you don't hit it up to $10, you're going to get your bet back. Bonus bets are just one of the many ways that DraftKings makes it fun to be on there, to bet on sports. I certainly love having a little bit of action on these random games. Makes them just a little bit more entertaining, gets you a little bit more invested. We've got the Masters coming up. Can't wait for that. Whatever sport you're into, bet on it with our friends over at DraftKings. Download the app now. Sign up with the code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports winning partner of the NBA with that code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. 
I also want to talk to you about the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals to tickets on sports, concerts, and shows. Of course, I'm talking about game time. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, court side maybe, behind home plate? It's possible with the Game Time app, the biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. You're not going to find a better deal this spring on Nuggets tickets, Avs tickets, Rockies tickets, Rapids, you name it, than you will with Game Time. It was created by the fans for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. If you love DNVR, then you're going to love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app. Score the best seats to all your favorite events. All right, I'm not going to go game by game or anything like that, but I did have an absolute blast covering these games from Ball Arena. I would say that the most fun teams made it out of the pod. Just stylistically, both Creighton and Gonzaga, they have a lot of different guys that can beat you. There were a lot of phenomenal individual performances in the in these Denver games, whether you look at what LJ Cryer did for Baylor. He dropped 30 Uh, Traquavian Smith on NC State, he had a phenomenal game, almost 30 points, had a a poster jam. Arizona State had some guys that played well, and Mike Miles of TCU was just absolutely phenomenal. But the difference in depth for Creighton and Gonzaga between everybody else was significant. They have legitimate stars in the front court and the back court. They have role guys that can hit big-time shots. So just as far as making a run goes, I felt like those were the most exciting teams, but also just the best teams, deepest groups, most consistent, and just high-level shot-making ability across the board. I will say that it was somewhat chalky of a region. There was a lot of high-level basketball. I thought the games were competitive and great, but in an opening weekend that had just a ton of chaos and upsets galore, didn't really get much of that in Denver. Technically, Baylor was higher seeded than Creighton, 3-6 game, but Vegas had Creighton favored. I thought they were the better team going in, and they definitely played like it tonight. Got 30 points out of Ryan Nembhard, just two days removed from getting 30 points from Ryan Kalkbrenner. Shireman hit some big shots in both games. That's the thing about Creighton, and that's the thing about Gonzaga, is you can't just key in on one guy. For the Blue Jays, you got a big performance out of Kalkbrenner when the shots weren't falling in the first game. That was huge because they showed that they can win even when they aren't making shots from deep. But then, you know, in in Sunday's game, they just came out with a typical Creighton performance, lights out from deep. Nemhard goes off. For Gonzaga, the shots were falling against GCU. Huge game for Julian Strother, really intriguing NBA prospect, six foot seven guard, great athleticism, big time shot maker. He killed GCU. In Sunday's game, though, it was all about Drew Timmy. Rocking that sweet porno stash and a white headband, he put on a show. Footwork was awesome. Just killed him in the paint all game long and just brought an important steadiness to the Gonzaga offense because they were taking a lot of shots from deep that weren't falling early on. And Timmy just kind of settled everything down for him. Down the stretch, he was killer. They just kept going to him in the post, and they could not stop him. He actually hit a step-back three. had only hit two threes all season long. Hadn't hit one since New Year's, but he confidently drilled a step-back. That's just experience and depth coming into play, and I think those are the, the greatest strengths for both Creighton and for Gonzaga. Not only do they have a surplus of talent, but it's guys that have been in their system for quite some time. 
And they've been through this process before, which is always an advantage in a chaotic format like the NCAA tournament. Just what teams can handle the highs and lows that will inevitably come. TCU legitimately outplayed Gonzaga in the first half. They were significantly the better team. But Gonzaga never panicked. They stuck with their offense. Eventually, those shots started to fall. Timmy absolutely took over in the post. And they used a 13-0 run to get the lead back, I think with about six minutes left. And that was all she wrote. Quality basketball teams with experienced players executing at a high level when it matters most. Wasn't quite as chaotic. We didn't get the upsets that there were around the country, but we got some really good basketball. And anybody who was there on Friday or Sunday really was in for a treat. And that's another thing. I was really surprised by how big the crowds were just because the ticket prices were kind of outrageous. But Denver represented itself really well. Got a large traveling party from Omaha. Unsurprisingly, the Creighton fans showed up big time. Gonzaga fans were there, especially for Sunday's game, maybe a little bit less so on Friday, but they were definitely there. TCU had a decent little group of fans that was there. The student section for GCU was awesome. But there was also just a lot of locals that were there to enjoy the product, to enjoy some great college basketball. And that's huge because by having that good attendance, that's how you draw more games in the future. I will say Ball Arena could definitely step it up on the concession standpoint. The food is just not good. I bought like an $11 pretzel that was not hot and hard. Kevin Lytle did the same on a crappy piece of pizza. Kroenke could step it up a little bit, especially when the people are spending their hard-earned money. Anyways, great crowds, great games. My favorite was Gonzaga TCU. My favorite player to see in person was Drew Timmy, though Mike Miles Jr. comes up just short. Man, he is a dog. Dude is all muscle, and he just puts his head down and goes straight to the rack. Has great verticality. It's awesome. Not even 100% sure that's a word, but it sounds right, so let's just move on. I did put together an all-Denver tournament team of just the five guys that I thought put on the best performances. Starting with Mike Miles Jr., the TCU point guard. He's been awesome all year, but he was basically the entire offense for TCU in both games. He had 26 points against Arizona State, had 24 points against Gonzaga. Really, you couldn't ask for more from him. He just needed more out of his supporting cast. Even so, damn near led them to an upset over Gonzaga. Was huge in this one, so I definitely wanted to shout out him. Uh, The next guard we have is Ryan Nemhard. The sophomore from Creighton was the Big East freshman player of the year last year. He was solid against NC State. Didn't really force anything. 4-9 from the floor. Had 10 points, 3 assists, a couple of rebounds as well. Against Baylor, though, he was lights out. He had 30 points, 8-13 from the floor, 4-6 from 3-point range. And what was impressive was he was creating a lot of those looks. Hit a lot of deep threes late in the shot clock. Fuck you type threes the kind that are just mentally taxing on a defense because you defend really hard for 20-plus seconds, and then he just steps up and drills it right in your face. But I was really impressed with his ability to run the floor, to facilitate for others, but also just to step up and knock down some really high-level shots. Watching them hard in person was definitely a treat. Keeping it moving, we've got Julian Strother of Gonzaga. He was awesome against GCU, lit it up. Led all scores with 28 points, hit three of six threes. Really just a monster scoring performance. 
In the second game against TCU, he was a little bit less productive in, in that sense, but he had 10 points and nine rebounds. Was also really impressive defensively out on the perimeter. So I just, I like that he was able to play winning basketball and be, be able to make a positive impact regardless of whether he was scoring or not. On a quick side note, that's a guy that I would love to see in a Nuggets uniform. Yeah, the fourth spot on the L Denver team goes to Drew Timmy, old man at the wreck that just gives you buckets. He had quietly 21 points on 8 of 13 shooting in the win over Grand Canyon, then was just a monster in the win over TCU, 28 points, 12 of 21 from the floor. TCU legitimately had no answers for him down low. Finally, at center, we've got Ryan Kalkbrenner of Creighton. The dude's just a mismatch. He was the biggest key for Creighton's win against NC State. I think he's huge because he's the type of player that can take over and dominate and win a game for them, regardless of whether they're shooting. If they are hitting those threes, though, good luck, because then you also have the option to just dump it down to him when he posts up. You just can't do much because he's so big, he's quick, and he's skilled. As far as just one-on-one mismatches go, I think he's probably the biggest in the tournament, and seeing him in person was awesome. A couple of other guys I want to shout out, honorable mention, if you will. Baylor Shireman of Creighton, he hit some big-time shots when it mattered, hit the first three of each games, but after Creighton couldn't seemingly hit water if they fell out of a boat for most of the, the NC State matchup, he did hit a couple of daggers late. Love the spark that he brings. Love the attitude when he's hitting shots. It's a lot of fun to watch. LJ Cryer of Baylor was awesome. I came in expecting to be more focused on Keontae George, but really I thought it was uh, Cryer and Adam Flagler that kind of stole the show for Baylor. Cryer had 15 against UCSB and 30 against Creighton. He was the only guy that could hit any type of outside shot for them. Just a monster performance despite the outcome. And then lastly, we've got Terquavian Smith of NC State. He had 32 points on 11 of 22 shooting in the loss to Creighton. Had a poster dunk. Arizona State had a couple of sweet dunks as well. But they cannot make this list because how they choked that game away against TCU was absurd. Just an absolute meltdown. But yeah, those are my takeaways from the Denver games. I'm going to wrap up here with just a couple of other takeaways from the NCAA tournament as a whole. It was just such a fun weekend, but I also think we still have enough talented teams to where we shouldn't have to worry about a crappy Elite Eight or something like that. Real quick, before we get into that, the American Raptors have joined a new league, the Columbia Rugby Federation. It's an intercontinental competition featuring six teams from South America. The Raptors are the only North American team in the competition. They're going to play six matches at home, six matches on the road. What's really cool, though, is you can get free tickets to all the home matches. All you got to do is go to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free ticket for the upcoming season. If you can't make it to the game, you can watch the stream for free on the website as well. If you're new to rugby, though, or you just want to keep up with the Raptors or, you know, find out more about rugby, do it with the DNVR Rugby podcast. You can follow on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby. My man Colton Strickler will keep you updated with weekly podcasts and regular written content. He does a really good job of making the sport approachable. He's a big local sports fan, went to CSU, Broncos fan, Nuggets fan, so he can kind of make it relatable in a way that maybe somebody who grew up only around rugby and and doesn't quite have the American side down would would be able to do so. I think he's just the perfect guy for that pod is what I'm saying. So check it out. And remember, you can get those tickets for free at AmericanRaptors.com. Head over to Infinity Park for a great time. 
All right, like I said, I'm not going to go game by game. I know nobody cares about anybody else's bracket. It's a lot like fantasy football. You care about your team. Nobody else's. I will say my bracket is trash. Made some questionable calls. Probably leaned a little too hard into the metrics and didn't trust my eye on a couple of picks. And that's always a tough balance to strike because I do want to respect the numbers, especially at this stage of the season where you have a large enough sample size to really get to know a team. That said, the thing about the NCAA tournament is it's so chaotic and unpredictable. What you did in the 30 plus games before that really doesn't matter all that much because if it, if it did, you know, FDU would not be upsetting Purdue. That's what makes March Madness fun. For 40 minutes, anybody can be anybody. And we got a healthy helping of chaos in this one. Arizona going down was crazy. Definitely didn't see Princeton making the Sweet 16. Duke going down in the second round after how good they looked in the first was very confusing to me. But with Houston and Texas, Gonzaga, Creighton, I still think there's a lot of really good teams in the Sweet 16. I think we still have the the possibility of getting a really good Elite Eight. And ultimately, I think that's what most people want. You want some chaos, especially early on. You want a couple of Cinderella stories, but you also want some talent when it really comes down to it. Like as fun of a story as Princeton is, you don't want to see them lose to a, a Houston or an Alabama by 30 in the Final Four. You really want those games to be competitive. But that's why I've been happy with this year. I think it's been a good balance. We had some blue bloods go down, but we still have some talent experience remain. We still have some fun storylines. And the Mountain West, thank God, finally won a couple of games. San Diego State makes the Sweet 16. Who knows what the future holds as far as them and the Pac-12. I think they're probably gone at some point. But this run, it's great for the Mountain West. I'm so tired of the talking points, tired of the jokes, especially because there are other leagues that have just as, as many struggles. If you look at the WAC, they have like one win in the last decade in the NCAA tournament. The Big Ten got like 10 teams in and how many of them are left. But for some reason, the Mountain West has just become the punching bag of March. So I was really shamelessly, openly rooting for San Diego State and all the Mountain West teams. Yes, because it will benefit CSU monetarily just in terms of the money earned for the conference, but mostly just to hopefully put some of these narratives to rest for at least a little bit. I don't foresee San Diego State upsetting Alabama. I think Bama is just the best team in the country right now. They're a machine offensively. They're on another level. But, I mean, who knows? San Diego State defensively, you know, they're going to try and muck things up. They have the physicality down low, plenty of experience. At this point, anything's possible. But assuming that the better team in Alabama pulls through in the Sweet 16 and San Diego State is eliminated, regardless of that, it's been a a much-needed run for the league. And that's an experienced team playing some damn good basketball at the perfect time. I was disappointed by Utah State, a a group that was just on fire from three all year long, seemingly couldn't buy a bucket when it mattered most in the the Mountain West Championship game and then this tournament game against Missouri. They had a shot, but I I was frustrated with myself because I originally picked Missouri and then talked myself into Utah State. And seeing it play out in person, you could just tell them not having Sam Merrill or a guard that could put it on the floor and kind of create something. What was just, it was huge. They don't have a name as Kata in the post either. And so they're basically 100% dependent on finesse basketball and hitting jump shots. And when the jump shots aren't falling, it's going to be a tough game. It was for Utah State. I thought Boise State 
really underperformed against Northwestern. That's a good team defensively. But I thought that was a draw that really favored Boise State and their best players just did not play very well. So that was a bummer. I would say they were one of my three biggest disappointments of the first round or of this first weekend, I should say, uh, along with Duke and Kansas. Teams that made me feel smart. Furman upsetting Virginia. I know that was fairly popular. Uh, Michigan State, that's an experienced team. They were hot coming in. And you it, they just had the feel, like going up against Marquette. It was a bad draw for them. And then UConn, a team that I did love because of the metrics, but the Huskies made me feel smart with their run to the Sweet 16. Some teams that made me feel dumb. Utah State, already talked about that. Texas A&M, I had them in the Final Four. That's a team who I got too focused on the numbers. They were great, though, over the last 20 games. Just a bad draw against a hot Penn State team, who, by the way, CSU played in the non-con. That schedule, really impressive, especially in hindsight. A lot of tournament teams. I'm not going to get too much into the Sweet 16 because we'll preview that later on in the week. I'll get some different guests on the pod here. I'm really looking forward to the Gonzaga-UCLA rematch, though. I think Kansas State-Michigan State is going to be a lot of fun. And then San Diego State-Bama. Again, probably going to be the Crimson Tide, but who knows? And if somehow San Diego State can pull that upset, Winning a national championship becomes fairly realistic. I'm not saying it would be a guarantee or anything. You'd still have to win a couple more games against great teams. But they'd certainly be in a good spot to make a run at the Final Four, especially with the way that that region has played out. Anyways, that's all I have in this one. Uh, we'll be talking some spring ball coming up. We'll have tons of content throughout the week. Hope everybody is enjoying a little bit warmer weather. I'm sure we've still got another snowstorm or two that will bite us in the butt. It's a Colorado spring after all, but it has been nice to have just a little bit more sunshine, longer days, and of course, the best sporting event of the year, March Madness. Shout out to all of you. Thank you for letting me ramble about college basketball. I love it. Love all of you. Peace. Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice The water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV's Got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly